There probably isn't a name more celebrated, a compound name more known, more referenced than Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. Getting to know God by his name in the situations of life. Please notice the problem because, remember, God reveals his name personally in life circumstances. Verse 1 of chapter 22 says, of Genesis says, Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham, and Abraham said, Here I, here I am. He said, Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. He tests Abraham in the most devastating way. He says, I want you to go up on the mountain and I want you to worship. And as is the custom of the day, I want to sacrifice. And today the sacrifice will be your son, your only begotten son whom you love to death. Let me put it another way. I'm going to test you, Abraham. I want you to give me the thing you love most. The thing you're most excited about. The thing that's a dream come true to you. I want it. I want you to give it back to me. Abraham, this is a test. Let's look at this test for a moment. Because remember, God, God's name comes in the Zitzenleben. That's German for... Uh, 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 situations in life. In other words, you, you're going to go through something. This was a theological test because God told, God had told Abraham, I'm going to make of your son Isaac a great nation. Isaac is a teenager when this takes place. Isaac's not married. Isaac has no children yet, yet God says, kill him. But you said you were going to make a great nation. You can't make a great nation out of him if he's dead because he doesn't have any children. So my line doesn't go on. So God does not make sense in what he's asking him to do in light of what his word has already promised. Anybody in here or listening in the theological contradiction? You know God said one thing, but what he's asking you to do now contradicts what you know he said. It doesn't make sense. He's got a familial contradiction. This is a family, this is a family contradiction. There's no record in the text of him ever telling Sarah what God said. Because I can tell you right now, Sarah would have lost her mind. This is a social crisis. What is everybody going to say or what is everybody going to think about me killing my own son and me talking about God said? Don't make me look like I done lost my mind. It doesn't make sense. It's a crisis. And then the worst crisis of all perhaps is an emotional crisis. How you feel, how you feel about giving up the thing you love most and have waited the longest for and who was the basis for your tomorrow. In other words, he's facing a test of epic proportion that has in it a major contradiction. This is a test. This is a, this is a test that, that, that doesn't make sense and it seems unfair. Abraham is going through a crisis. What is the heart of the test? Here it is, family. When faced with the choice between the blessing and the blessor, what will you choose? You see, Isaac was the blessing. He waited a long time for God to finally open the door. God opened the door through a miracle, a lot of, pre a lot of pregnancy. He's 100, she 90, ain't supposed to be. But through a miraculous intervention, they got the blessing. So God tests him. What means more to you, the blessing or the blessor? Because you can, I can, we can fall so in love with the blessing that it trumps the blessor. How do I know that's the heart of the test? Because he tells him to sacrifice Isaac in church. He says, offer him up to me. 
That's worship. I want you to offer the blessing back up to me. That's the blessed sword at the heart of the test of God revealing his person to you in the contradictions of life. There's always a choice between the blessing and the blessed sword. After telling us the problem, Abraham rose early in verse 3 and sat on his donkey. He took two of his boys with him, he and his son. They split the wood for the burnt offering, rose and went to the place God had told him. On the third day, Abraham had raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. He looks up, three days journey, looks out the church to go to this location of worship. Of worship. Verse 5, key verse. Abraham said to his young man, Stay here with the donkey, and I and the lad will go over there, and we will worship and return to you. Wow. Wow. He's got two servant young men with him. They get to the foot of the mountain. He says, you young men stay here. Me and my son are going up to worship, and we will return. Okay. And we will return. Wait a minute now. God said, go kill him. What you talking about? We will return. We will return. We're helped a little bit in the book of Hebrews that references this. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 17 says this. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was offering up his only begotten son. Contradiction. Verse 18. It was he to whom it was said in Isaac, your descendants would be called. He considered, now he's telling us what Abraham was thinking back in Genesis 22. He considered that God is able to raise people even from the dead for which he also received him back as a type. Now, I'll talk about as a type in a moment. But my point is, he telling, he's telling us in Hebrews what Abraham was thinking in Genesis 22. God says, you go kill him. Abraham says to his boys, okay, I'm going to do what God says, even though what God says makes no sense to me. It seems ridiculous, and everything against me from a human perspective doesn't look like God knows what he's talking about. But I'm going to go to church in this confusion, in this pain, and I'm going to go through with this thing that God has told me to do, and then we coming back. Hebrews says that what Abraham was thinking was that if the only way God can fix this is for me to kill him and God to wake him up and raise him from the dead, then God will keep his promise in spite of the contradiction. Abraham is facing the trial of his life. He goes up to the mountain. His son wants to know, I see the torch of fire and I, and I see the wood, but I don't see the lamb, Dad. Every time we came to church, you have the lamb, but, but I don't see the lamb. He makes a statement here that's powerful. He says in verse 8, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. In other words, God put Abraham in a situation that only he can fix. Abraham couldn't fix this. He couldn't solve this. When God puts you in a contradiction between a rock and a hard place and there's no way out, he doesn't expect you to have a way out. Some problems, lesser trials, he'll give you a way out. But when, God, but when he feels or... But he wants to reveal himself at this thick level. He says, God's got to fix this himself because I don't have an answer. I don't have a solution. All I've got is a contradiction, a problem. They come to the place, verse 9. He repairs the altar. Verse 10, he stretches out his hand to take the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called him from heaven. The angel of the Lord in the Old Testament is Jesus Christ. The angel of the Lord says, Abraham, Abraham. He says, here I am. He said, do do not, do not stretch out your hand and do nothing to him. For now I know that you fear me. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What you mean now you know? 
You God Almighty, you omniscient. What you mean? Now you know. I could have stayed in bed with all you know. You know stuff from the beginning to the end. You, you were the present tense. You I am that I am. So what you mean? Now you know. Did she know what I was gonna do when I, when I got up this morning? Let me say this to you, friends and family. There is no topic that you can bring up that God does not have full knowledge of because he's omniscient, full knowledge of all subjects. But while God knows everything, God hasn't experienced everything that he knows. For example, if I was asked God, tell me what it feels like to commit a sin. That's not a question he can answer because he's never done it. So what God likes to, what God likes is, uh, 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 he, he likes to enter into the uh, experience of what he already knows. Let me say that again. If I was to ask God, tell me what it feels like to commit a sin. That's not a question he can answer because he's never done it. So let me tell you what God likes to do. God likes to enter into the experience of what he already knows. That's why he can say now, I know that you fear me because I entered into the experience of you, cho of you choosing me. You chose the blessor over the blessing. Now follow me, family. And because he chose the blessor over the blessing, I'm experienced. I like how this feels. He looks, behold, there's a ram caught in the thicket. Verse 13, by the horns. Now, that's a mighty quiet ram uh, 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 that only makes noise at the right time. Because a ram is caught in the thicket, that means it's trying to get out of the thicket. He never hears the ram trying to get out of the thicket until he's finished with the command to obey. Do you know your answer could be sitting right next to you, but you'll never know it until God's ready to reveal it. Your solution could be right here next to you. That ram was calling the thicket right there next to him, and he never heard it or, or saw it because God wasn't ready to reveal it. Not because God didn't have it. While he was going up, the trial might on one side, God had a solution called a ram coming up the other side, and he was going to create a match when it was the right time. God had supplied the answer but had not revealed it yet. Now watch this. Watch this. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> Abraham calls a place. Abraham called the name of the place in verse 14, Jehovah Jireh. And it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it will be provided. He named the place Jehovah Jireh. That's a name. That's a Hebrew. Uh, 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 that's the Hebrew for the Lord will provide. He found out something about Jehovah that day that if you and I ever discover about Jehovah, it will change our lives because we will look at our circumstances differently. He says the name of this place, and he kept the name. It is known there until this day. The Lord will provide. I found out Jehovah Jireh. Let's talk about Jireh. The root word for Jireh means to see. The root word for Jireh means to see. He names the place the Lord will provide because the word Jireh can be translated provide. One of the reasons that some of us do not know the name Jehovah Jireh is because God is still waiting. For you to act on what he said, even though you may not understand it, how it's going to work, how it's going to happen. Isaac had to be placed on the altar. When God said, now I know that you fear me, then and only then did the solution show up, even though it was right next to him. Could it be that you were waiting five years for something that God would have given you in five minutes if he still wasn't waiting for you to complete your sacrifice? It could be money. I will give the part that I'm supposed to give to you after you give me more. To which God says, you've been waiting a very long time. I want to know that you trust me enough to go to worship and honor me with the first fruits of what I give you. Not what you happen to have left over. I want you to put it on the altar. You can't hold on to Isaac and get Jehovah Jireh. See, 
You can't hold on to Isaac. See, see, we want Isaac and Jehovah Jireh. You can't have it. It's when he sees that he provides. So when you give him nothing to experience or to see, then he withholds the provision. Because he responds to faith. But boy, when you see Jireh show up, when you have this encounter, what happens? In Hebrews 11, he got back Isaac, it says, as a type. He got back Isaac because the angel stopped him. And the angel said, release him. So he got him back as a type. So 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 he got him back physically because he's alive, right? He's alive. Now, a type is something that foreshadows something else. Like like the sacrifices of the Old Testament was a type of Jesus. There were, there were sacrifices to foreshadow the coming of the one who would die on the cross uh, for the sins of the whole world. So a type foreshadows something greater than the type. So whatever the type is foreshadowing is bigger, it's greater, it's huge compared to what the type is. So watch this now. He gives him back Isaac plus. Follow me, family. Because all Isaac is a little something, something. He's a type. What does he give him? It says, Then the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord Jehovah, because you have done this thing, because I saw you do it, and have not withheld your son, your only son, Indeed, I will greatly bless you, and I will greatly multiply your seed as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore, and you, sh and your seed shall possess the gates of the enemy. In your seed, all of the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Okay, watch this now. I'm going to give you back Isaac, but I ain't nothing for what I'm getting ready to do now. Because I'm, I'm going to open up the windows of heaven, and I'm going to shower you you with stuff that will have generational repercussions. In other words, you ain't seen nothing yet. In saving Isaac, you can keep Isaac and lose everything else. But because you were willing to put Isaac on the altar, you get Isaac back and everything else. He calls the name of the place Jehovah Jireh the Lord will provide. But then he tells you, <laughs> he tells you where he provides. He says, it is provided in the mount of the Lord. In other words, he just doesn't provide anywhere. He doesn't provide any old place at any old time. He provides where there was immediate obedience and a specific location. The location was in the mount of the Lord. Well, what's the mount? The mount is Mount Moriah. That's where he told him to go. The mount was where the sacrifices was going to be made. So Mount Moriah was a place of worship. What's my point? You must look at Isaac as an opportunity to worship. When you worship over your Isaac, <laughs> when you say, God, I'm going to bless your name in spite of my pain. I'm going to exalt you. I'm going to worship God. I'm not doing this because I feel like it. I'm doing this to exalt the blessor. You make it a matter of worship. When God sees your worship, he makes your provision. Abraham looked up and saw Mount Moriah. But John 8, 56 says, Abraham saw something else. He saw my day. He saw that one day God's going to enter into human history in the person of Jesus Christ and make provisions for the sins of the world and become our Jehovah Jireh. So what God says the angel of the Lord did, which is Jesus in the Old Testament for Abraham, he's still, he's still doing today. Because Isaac was a type through those who come through Jesus, demonstrate faith in Jesus Christ, God becomes your Jehovah Jireh. Because just as Isaac was put on the altar 2,000 years ago, Jesus was put on the altar, and just like Isaac was given back to Abraham, Jesus is given back to his children, and he ever lives to make intercession for the saints. He's, he's in heaven right now ready to, be, to deliver you. He's, he's just waiting for you to get up out of that chair, bring your Isaac to the altar, be willing to get rid of your Isaac, to free him up, to know, so you can know that you, 
that you fear him so he can show you what Calvary can do in the tricked up, jacked up, messed up, contradictory situations in your life. If I had some time today, and if I was a Baptist preacher, I'd say, oh Lord, he's able. He's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you can ask or think, but you got to bring Isaac to the altar. Isaac to the altar. He's able to turn you around. He's able to raise you up. He's able to push your feet on solid ground. God is able to turn that thing, but he needs Isaac to leave the house and come to the altar. Bless his name today. Glorify his name because his name is Jehovah Jireh. He is the Lord who provides.